Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm going by Nick Rouse uh, on an early Friday morning. Nick, how are you doing? Uh, welcome, welcome back from Media Days. Did you guys have fun? Yeah, it was uh, it was a little crazy, Freddie. Um, it's it's been a crazy. I don't, I don't even want to say tumultuous week because it's yeah. happening so smoothly, but did not expect. I, I was ex- actually expecting kind of a nice and easy end of July to kind of gear up for football season, which players are reporting to camp a week from today, or actually a week from Thursday, so less than a week away. We have not geared down at all. It's It's been nonstop, full steam ahead with conference realignment. Well, I mean, think about it, man. I mean, in the last – just this year alone, everything has changed. What we know college football to be today uh, was nothing like it was this time last year. Three major changes. The transfer portal, which is mm-hmm. significant. Uh, uh, and uh, name, image, and likeness, NIL. And then now conference uh, realignment with the super conferences. So – I mean, what we know college football to be today is not going to be that even next year. I mean, things are happening or changing so fast. Uh, you know, it's 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 crazy. It's it's something that you know I'm sure traditionalist and and I'm somewhat of a traditionalist, but not really to be quite honest with you. I'm old. I'm old school, <laughs> but, but but I love the chaos. I, I yeah. love what this is doing, and, and I and mainly. I love uh, I love the fact that, that you know a lot of the a lot of the new stuff is for the benefit of the player for the name of the likeness you know the transfer portal I, I you know I like it uh, but you know it's the sign of the times is, is the super conferences and Nick I think you know man I think uh, I think this is just the start of the the doing away with the NCAA NCAA I think they're done to be quite honest with you because. You know, I saw where uh, in 2025, Oklahoma and Texas, that addition, the SEC in 2025 with the TV rights will be uh, worth more than the NCAA for a year. So why have them around? Right, right, right. And, Freddie, there's part of me that is happy that this is happening, but then there's another part of me that, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you don't want to get caught up in the logos, but I'm just, I'm so used to Texas and Oklahoma or big 12 football and in yeah. not taking away the regional ties stinks. It just does. Yeah. Now, if it's going to happen, you know, what, 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 and, or not a, let Texas and Oklahoma come to the sec, um, you know, just means more, but like those would be, incredible road trips freddie i mean yeah yeah just to go watch games there uh i don't know we still don't know the exact implications for what it will mean for kentucky schedule we've got a good idea that they'll go to nine sec games uh but who they'll play regularly stuff like that we do not know uh the sec formally extended an invitation to 
Oklahoma and Texas joining 2025. Freddie, I can't imagine. I mean, I know that no. they're all saying that it's going to be 2025. That that would be the most awkward breakup ever. Like, yeah, can't, I did, it can't working be. out. But you know what? Six months from now, w- let's just keep let's keep doing this a little bit longer. Like that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. No, I, no, I think it'll be next year at the very latest 2023. Uh, but looking at Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma uh, has won the Big 12 uh, from 2015 to 2020. Won a conference. Overall, they've won 14 championships since 1996. Nick, I think that Oklahoma is ready to compete now at a high level and compete for a championship in the Southeastern Conference. I I, I like Oklahoma. Uh, The last couple of years, they have been playing more physical. The physicality is there that that could that could translate to the SEC. Offensively, they're as good as anybody in the SEC. Um, so I like Oklahoma's fit in the conference. I think that uh, you know uh, the Oklahoma's going to have to deal with. Okay, you got a big game against Texas. You got a big game against Iowa State, and pretty much on cruise control, right? Right. Uh, you know, I, I think the mid-level games are going to be new to Oklahoma because you're going to have Alabama, you're going to have Georgia, Florida, uh, it's Texas A&M. But then a game at Mississippi State is going to be more tricky for Oklahoma than a game at Kansas, you know. Or so Kansas I, State, I, yeah. yeah. Kansas State, yeah. So I, I think that's going to affect – but I, I like Oklahoma coming over. Yeah, now, Texas is a different story. I was going to say, Freddie, the, the one thing you can point to if you're like, well – they ain't ready. I mean that that Georgia game in the Rose Bowl a few years back. I mean, yeah, that no, should, they're, they're, that should tell you enough. Yeah, Oklahoma's there. I mean that that is a program that uh, you know that that's <laughs> they're going to be very competitive. I mean, obviously competitive, but I'm talking competitive to to push for a conference title. I think they're they're ready made right now to do that. Plug mm-hmm. and play. Texas is a different story. Uh, Texas won their last Big 12. You know, Steve Spurrier said it great. They can't even win the Big 12. Last conference title for Texas was 2009. This number surprised me, Nick. Mm-hmm. From, from the beginning of the new of the Big 12 in 96 to 2020, Texas has only won three conference championships. Yep. So, so I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, in any rivalry game, you have you take I take sides. You know, I'm I'm petty like that. <laughs> like the Egg Bowl, I, I'm from Mississippi State, right? Uh, right. Governor's Cup, obviously Kentucky, but Texas A&M and Texas. I, I and here's why: that trip in 2018 to Kyle Field was a uh, a significant, impactful experience for me. If, if you ever get a chance to go to Kyle Field, do so because mm-hmm. it is it is amazing. The fans are great. They're the nicest people in the world. Uh, the facilities are, are unbelievable. The cheers, the everything about Texas A&M I love. I love the whole experience. So I'm taking sides, Nick. So I'm uh, I, I'm horns down here. And, and Texas is, has been entitled in the Big 12 and gotten its way in everything it's wanted. And that ends in the SEC. So I think there's going to be a culture shock for Texas. Uh, you know, if they get offended with the horns down, 
try yeah. going to Death Valley at LSU <laughs> on a Saturday night. Oh man! And, and then and it's deeper. Go to South Carolina, who is you know I mean they're rebuilding. They, they've not been very good lately, but that place is rowdy and it is loud. And you know it's going to be a week in week out. I think fans are going to have more fun with Texas than with Oklahoma because of. You know, Texas Texas needs to up its physicality. Texas needs to have a month of inside of inside drill, bull in the ring before they step on the field in the Southeastern Conference, in my opinion. Freddie, I that weekend of the game at College Station, it was the Red River rivalry. Red River shootout was that weekend. And I, I the I remember if it was a night kickoff. I think it was a 7 p.m. kickoff, right? The uh yeah yeah so uh for the noon game i'm sitting at like a pizza place watching uh and everybody in there is cheering for oklahoma the hate there is real i I love it um and you're right college station is a really cool place and oh man it's it's easy to kind of poke fun at from afar um because they do things a little different there but it is they do you got it. You got to kind of immerse yourself in it to get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I got a stat for you though, Freddie. This is since okay. 2010. Winning percentage among Power Five teams at number 29, Missouri. They got a 587 percentage. Nice. 30 Northwestern. 31 South Carolina at 80 and 59, 576. Nebraska. 32 and at 33 texas 70 yeah. 60 yeah i mean texas I mean, they, they recruit like they, they, throughout this the last 10 years they've still recruited at a high level but yeah but they they, they really are like the south carolina the big 12 they show up to media days everybody falls in love from them they say texas is back and aside from that year uh that sugar bowl year with ellinger not much to show for not much to show for yeah. No, I mean, Texas, you know, if you ask around and start digging around, you know, it, it's, it's it's a country club environment. You know, yes. everything is nicer in Texas than it is anywhere else. And they have their own TV deal, but it doesn't translate to the field. Well, and it's, it's it kind of reminds me almost of Auburn, Freddie, where you've got the boosters just like are their own worst enemy. You know, yeah. Firing and firing coaches and the egos. Yeah. I mean, it just – it. It's a, it's like a country club environment in the old wild west. <laughs> yeah, and I'm telling you, man, if you, you know, I take sides. So I'm, I'm, I'm team A and M here, uh, and I hope they play each other uh, because, you know, again, OU is SEC ready, Texas not so much, and it's, you know, uh, and, and, and it's just the pettiness of, you know, mm-hmm. the Big Twelve bowing down to Texas and making the horns down a penalty you know i mean i just <laughs> they're in for our, they're in for a culture shock and and, mm-hmm. and i'm glad but but for me nick you know uh it was a big announcement yesterday about on three ksr's uh involvement with on three and you look at the recruiting side for me mm-hmm. texas is missing out on one elite quarterbacks from the state of texas the number one quarterback in the country for, for 2022 plays at South Lake Carroll right there mm-hmm. and, and and is going to Ohio State. He's, Look he's, at the he's got a blonde mullet. His name's Quinn Ewers. He's a E W E R S. He's a he's a stud. 
look at the two two big time programs right now. You know, it goes back and forth. There's others, but South Lake Carroll and then Austin Westlake. Austin Westlake won the state championship, beat South South Lake Carroll last year in the state championship game. Those the top players at those two schools in Austin are going elsewhere. That should tell you a lot what you need to know about Texas. I think that guy's going to Clemson, correct? Yeah, I don't know. Championship team. I, th- I think yeah. I think that's what it is. He's like ranked yeah. like the 30th player. But, but that, that's a good indicator. But but Texas is missing out on, on a lot of the in-state talent. Uh, you know, this thing has been dissected every which way in the world. But, uh, you know, again, Oklahoma's ready. I mean, and SEC needs to be ready for Oklahoma because they're going to score points. And their defense has gotten better the last couple of years. So that's an interesting uh, and big time news for the SEC. I think the dominoes to start with Oklahoma and Texas and, and five years from now, how we see college football is going to be completely different than how we see college football right now. Uh, you know, with name, image and likeness, yeah, NIL, um, you know, Nick Saban drops the news that his quarterback is, is nearing a million dollars as mm-hmm. far as endorsements and, and that was a convenient drop from Saban and I get it and I, I I would do the same thing because uh this quarterback hasn't started a game at Alabama yet you know so uh you know everything is changing and it is what it is and, and we gotta adapt with it for me I'm enjoying the chaos uh <laughs> and, and I'm and I hope we do see a breakaway from the NCAA because quite frankly all decisions in college football are made College athletics are made for football, uh, and that 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 may be a touchy subject for people in Lexington or around Kentucky, around North Carolina, Duke, whatever, Kansas. But it's a football world, and the decisions are being made uh, with football in mind. And and there we go. Uh, stop five of the Kroger hometown pickup tour, Nick. We went to Corbin to visit with Travion Longmire, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 two way standout from Corbin. Plays receiver, plays DB. Returns kicks. Uh, great young man. Excellent facilities. I was blown away with the facilities at Corbin. Uh, and, and they have an indoor practice field, a weight room that's second to none. That's crazy. A film room. I mean, it, it is it is truly a community team. And, and I was impressed with Travion. No, no doubt. Uh, I, I like, too, that uh, even though when people think of Corbin, they think of Colonel Sanders, he's a root beer stand. Yeah, that was yeah, that was my journalistic hard hitting question. You know, root beer stand versus KFC, and and he went root beer stand, which I agree with it, man. I, it's a great place to eat, but uh, neat town. Uh, you can go to the website and watch uh, watch the video with Travion, mm-hmm. and then you were with Northington at Manual and, yeah. and Keontae Goodwin. So if you haven't looked, check those out. Go to the website and, and look and. We got another one coming up next week and, and one more, maybe two more stops before we finish up this tour. Yeah. And then before you know it, hell, high school football season practices coming. are underway. It's probably what, three weeks away? Three weeks from today. August the twentieth is when the season starts. So wow. we're getting close. Yeah. We're gonna Man. we're gonna be all around the state. So it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Matt yeah. Jones, our, our boss, our beloved boss, uh said that. He had heard that 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 Joey Gatewood is, is having a, a, a fantastic offseason and the competition is real at quarterback. Now I, I have heard the same thing. Um so there's something there. 
what that means, I don't know. Uh, is is it you know what was are those things being discussed um, to ensure that the quarterbacks know that there is a true competition, or is Joey Gatewood going to win the starting job? I don't know, but I do, and I have said this from the get go. I do think there is truly a, a quarterback competition. I do not think this thing is settled already. Uh, yeah, and, and, and we're going to we're in for a fun fall camp of Gatewood, Bo Allen, and Will Levis going at it. Nick, I, I do think there's a competition, and competition brings out the best or the worst in folks. So, the more these quarterbacks compete in practice, the better, because none of them are experienced starters. Joey started a game. Uh, I know Will Levis hasn't started a game. So yeah, he might be one game, right? Started one game against Nebraska. Mm, uh, it was, or came in and played, right? Yeah, so, he came in in Nebraska, and then he started, I think, the following game. Maybe Michigan State. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So, like but but neither none of them are experienced season starters. And, and I can tell you this. Life is different as a starting quarterback than it is a backup. Uh, expectations throughout the week are different. Preparation is different. I mean, it is a lot easier to be a backup that's going to get playing time than it is to be the starter because, I mean, there's a lot of pressure there. They're, everybody treats you differently as a starting quarterback. Uh, you know, they, they don't want it's – like, it's like being a pitcher in a dugout, being a starting quarterback in the SEC because, you know, people – the quarterback position is so unique and is so – difficult people leave you alone because you got so much going on with the game plan uh the scouting report and, and everything else going through your mind people kind of stand off from you and let you do your thing but i do think there is a true quarterback competition at kentucky well and i think there's also a difference too and that you know we, the starter gets the all the reps you know yeah. you're going to develop i think much quicker if you get handed the keys you know there's a yeah. little bit more freedom in that and, and i think for the most part like freddie i'm i'm still not convinced that uh will levis isn't going to win the competition but i think this was a way to hey we've been talking about will levis a lot in the month of july but uh folks this is both of those guys have a fair shot at it. They're going to split reps. And if we're being completely honest, Freddie, Gatewood should have a leg up in the competition from the get-go just because yeah. he he knows he's thrown to these receivers longer, like a year longer than Levis has. He had 15 practice with Liam Cohen this spring. I know Cohen likes Levis. That's why he went and got him from the transfer portal. But, the, you know, the, the lights aren't flicked on yet. Yeah, a lot different seeing in that practice setting. So I think Gaywood actually does have a leg up in that regard. Uh, but like it, it's still going to be a here, we're going to have a quarterback competition. And however the guys respond to when you're in the game is what's ultimately going to decide it. Because Stoops didn't, he didn't show his cards at all at media days, but he's right, I mean, he kept it at hey. Whoever gives us the best chance to win, I don't how the team plays around him. That's going to matter a lot, and so that's where I think if you're like I I, I don't know any Will Levis is a mystery to me, Freddie. We still haven't talked to him. 
Gatewood seemed to be well liked kind of guy. You know, if if his teammates rally around him, then he can win the job. Like it's it's as yeah. simple as that. It is, and, and, and whoever wins this quarterback competition is going to have is going to be set up for success because I think uh, a major difference in, in last year and this year uh, will be that the quarterbacks will be schemed up for success. There are going to be completions that Lee and Cohen can uh, highlight and emphasize one on one matchups. The route trees, the the, the schemes, the the plays are going to be more quarterback friendly. So whoever does win the job is going to look good, especially week one against Louisiana Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of ramifications on whoever is named the eventual starter. And again, I, I'm sticking to my uh, theory that they, the job is far from being decided. The first 15 practices of fall camp, where they're going to they're going to compete and they're going to get after it, and and the best player. Uh, whoever gives the team the best chance to win is going to be the quarterback, whether it's Joey Gatewood, Will Levis, or Bo Allen. And then that final two weeks, you're going, you know, the starter will get the, the vast majority of the reps, and you're going to start getting ready for Missouri. Uh, because it, I, that's another thing I want to talk about. I like the fact that Eli Drinkwitz and Mark Stoops both talked about at media days the importance of that week two matchup. Uh, I mean, it is it is humongous for both teams to get that win. So uh, it's going to be exciting. And, and again, uh, you know, Gatewood and Levis have both played in 15 college games. Not a lot to look at, to evaluate. You can't do, you can't evaluate Joey Gatewood on anything that happened last year. And, and I think we're going to see a new player in him and Bo Allen. And if we could bring in somebody completely new with Will Levis, let those guys battle it out. And, and I don't see the need for Mark Stoops to announce the starter up until uh, game day of Louisiana Monroe. I mean, why give Missouri extra time to prepare for a quarterback? Yeah, yeah. I think he'll ultimately do it like the Monday of just to, yeah, you know, get people to stop asking questions and kind of let them focus on the, the task at hand. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that, that Missouri game, Freddie – the more and more Drinkwitz really wasn't shy about it. And heck, he even talked at length about how big of a deal it was to beat Kentucky for yeah. them last year. Uh, and Stoops is not one that wants to look ahead, but to even get him just to mention it, you know. So, yeah, that, that game, that game's going to be a doozy. I'm, <laughs> yeah, man, it yeah. really is. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the thing, if you're Kentucky in that game, you do have a little bit of, I think they've got a little bit more motivation in the tank for them because I think they know they were the better team a year ago. Uh, there yeah. were some extenuating circumstances, and it just got away from them. And yeah, Missouri did lose a lot. So I, I, Kentucky, I think to to put a uh, to go back briefly to conference realignment talk, Freddie. The way the schedule is, you're not going to get too many more schedules like this. No, you're not. This, this, <laughs> so no, you're not. The time to 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 strike is now. Is now. Yeah, and to that, have that, a big year. You know that that was a point that I want to talk about. That that uh, the time is now. This this schedule this season is the time to leave a mark in the SEC because it's changing. So it all goes to the Missouri game for me. If you beat Missouri, most likely you're going to start four and zero, and then the the Florida LSU Georgia games will matter. 
uh, more if you beat Missouri. And things can happen if you beat the Tigers. So a huge, huge game. Uh, if you don't have your tickets yet, get them because that's going to be a, a, a crazy environment at Kroger Field. Man. Luke Fortner, the news came uh, at Media Days. Luke Fortner has been is just is the center. Yeah, that that that, that does a lot. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, for Luke, um, the individual uh, that adds a zero to his draft stock for his salary and uh, future salary. So I, I, I'm happy for Luke to move to center. Uh, because if you have that versatility to play guard center, either guard oh. position to center, it helps your draft stock. Luke, yeah. Luke is an all-SEC guard, so the talent is there, the skill is there, the technique is there, the experience is there. Now you move him to center, and, and it really helps Luke's future. But Luke Fortner has an under, undergraduate degree in engineering, a master's degree in engineering, and will have an MBA before he leaves Lexington in four or five months. So uh, he's going to be successful on and off the field. But that move to center really helps his future in mm -hmm. the NFL. And it helps Kentucky uh, because you got that experience there. Quentin you got Wilson a ton was, of really good guards too, you know. A, like, lot, of, a lot of good guards. But, I, and I think Kenneth Horsey, he, he's a solidified starter and, mm -hmm. and, a, good, and a really good guard. And uh, a great story off the field, but I think that, uh, you know, he, he's going to be your, one of your guards. Now, the other yeah. guard. Uh, Dotson or Jagger, right? Dotson, Jagger. But there's a player that I think we need to start talking Ooh. about is e Eli Cox. Uh, if, you, if you look at all the videos that, that, and pictures that are coming out of the training sessions and weightlifting and all that, Eli Cox has changed his body. Uh, I think he's he's one of the strongest offensive linemen on the team. And he's a player from West Jessamine that's not been talked about a lot. Nope. Uh, he was coming out of a local product from uh, uh, from Nicholasville there. But I, I think we need to keep our eyes on Eli. Uh, I think that he has possibility uh, to compete for that other starting position along with Austin Dotson, Jagger Burton. Uh, but with Quentin Wilson. Is is the swing? It, you know, you have to have three tackles, right? Or left tackle, right tackle, then a swing that can play both. I think Quentin Wilson is a player <clears throat> is the swing player on the interior. He can play mm -hmm. center, both guard positions. Incredibly smart young man. Already gotten his degree in three years, so I think he will provide that and could potentially start at guard. Same with Eli Cox, and same with uh, Austin Dotson. So. That guard spot, I don't think, is locked down. Uh, I think Kenneth Horsey's position is locked down, but there's going to be some great competition at that other guard spot. And then, uh, you know, Jagger Burton, from all indications, is is, is special. And, and, you know, you need to get him in, get him some reps, and get him some game experience because, you know, I don't know how long you're going to have him around. So you need <laughs> to make the most of it while you do so. But Eli Cox is a player that, that we need to start uh, paying attention to during fall camp, see how that develops. Yeah, I like that that little nugget there, Freddie. That's good to hear. Uh, Freddie, have you heard if there might be some new people joining Vince Marrow's tight end room in the wake of Keaton Upshaw's season-ending injury? That That's where we're going next. It, news came out Keaton Upshaw suffered an injury during training had surgery, don't know the extent of the time that he's going to miss, but he's going to miss time. 
Uh, with that, the tight end position was really deep and one of the best position groups on the team. Justin Rigg, super senior. Brendan Bates has had a tremendous offseason and is ready. I think he is another player like Eli Cox that we've not talked enough about uh, that has a chance to, to have a big year. And then Jordan Dingle, how important was the signing of Jordan Dingle? Because he has gone – with Keaton Upshaw's injury, Dingle has gone from a luxury to a necessity. And he, he is, he's going to play, and he's going to play a lot because Lee and Cohen likes to use multiple tight ends from all indications if he brings that Rams offense. So uh, three – now you're looking at three scholarship tight ends – uh, there's some other players that could be moved to tight end. And that's something to, to look for during fall camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, because you're going to need four of them at least. Yeah. So that's a, that's a yeah. position too, Freddie. All of them have extensive injury history because that's just that, that position takes a toll on people. You ask a lot. It does. Tight end. So, and that's why that's I, I worry lot. about giving Dingle too many reps because He's he's growing into his frame still. So yeah, I, I saw Isaiah Cummings in June. The dude looked enormous. Uh, he fits yeah. the bill of a tight end. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> he listed at what six four two twenty eight is what his, his weight is on the uh, roster. So you know, again, you, you could have players move into that position, and it's not so much the traditional online blocking tight end that you're looking at. But, you know, you could have hybrid players mm-hmm. uh, uh, that could play that role at the slot or the flexed out tight end. So there's a lot of different things Kentucky could do there. But now four is three as far as tight ends. And you got to keep those guys healthy. Um, yep. uh, yeah. The, the last thing I want to talk about is, is, is uh, Kentucky. Uh, you, you wrote about it, the, the, the speedy receiver from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, that committed to Kentucky, and that that shows uh, Cohen's emphasis on speed uh, for his receivers and getting that vertical shot uh, downfield. I know Kentucky, uh, you know, with with uh, uh, the receivers they have now, Josh Alley, Wondell Robinson, you can play those guys at the slot. Uh, there's going to be a lot of underneath stuff, but Kentucky still will need to get vertical down the field. Because if not, the SEC defensively has shown if, if you're a dink and duck offense, either through traditional formations, personnel groupings, or the air raid, if you're not, if you're not threatening SEC defenses downfield, they're, they're still going to load the box. They're still going to dr- – and can still drop eight and take care and let you catch those underneath passes and come up make tackles. Kentucky did that. Arkansas did that. Everybody did that against Mississippi State other than LSU week one last year. So – Got to have a vertical shot or a vertical presence or threat, and uh, and that's something that that Kentucky is going to really have to dive in on and mm-hmm. go all in on Dane Key in the class of 2022 because he, he is that player in the class that could really uh, take off as far as a, as a future receiver at Kentucky. So his his recruiting importance is paramount right now. Also, nice to get one of the. Like lane, the lane train's rolling through Mississippi. He's got the fastest high school sprinter in America there, and Kentucky goes and pulls him out of the state. Big, big yeah. recruiting win for for John Summerall and Co. 
Huge, huge recruiting win. Nick, we couldn't have this podcast if it was for sword performance. No. Life, is thirsty. Life is thirsty, but water and traditional sports drinks don't cut it. Created in Kentucky, sword performance offers Shield, a brand new innovation in sports drink world. With bold fruit flavors, balanced electrolytes, and natural ingredients, Shield hydrates better and faster than water and quenches thirst for anyone at any time. Go ahead and be relentless. Shield always has you covered. Hydrate now with a bottle of Shield available at your local Kentucky convenience store. Learn more at drinksword.com. Built in the Brewgrass, built by Sword Performance. Uh, Nick, we, we, we're, we're, we're early guys this morning recording mm-hmm. this podcast. Thanks for getting up at six and getting this done today and, and safe travels to you. And I know you got a radio show to go do. So uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hope you like and and, uh, and download it and listen to us frequently. We sure do appreciate it. See ya.